Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello and welcome to Foul Territory. We are on stadium for the first hour. I'm Layla Rahimi filling in for Scott Braun. Thank you for making the call to the bench all the way to Chicago. Thrilled to be joined by Eric Kratz and Todd Frazier. Guys, I want to thank you for having me. No, welcome. We're, we're glad to have you, man. We need that substitute every once in a while. Scotty, it gets a little comfortable. So having you on here is a sight for sore eyes. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're sick of seeing his biceps all the time. So <laughs> it's great to have you on here and your smiling face. Well, thankfully for, for everybody except me, no biceps to speak of here. I can lift a bat sometimes. I trust you guys to do that work. We've got a fun weekend of baseball to discuss a lot on the show. And we want you to know that starting on Monday to watch the first hour of Foul Territory, you have three options. You can download the free stadium app. You can watch the show live right in the app. You can also see Foul Territory on watchstadium.com. Or you can stay on YouTube and watch Hour One on Stadium's YouTube channel and interact with us in the chat there. The second hour of the show is still right here on Foul Territory's YouTube channel. I feel like we've got a lot of good guests as well. Mark Bowman, the Braves beat writer, will join us. Then we've got Corbin Burns and Paul Sewald. It's going to be a fun show. And I feel like, I don't know about you guys, but I think we've been trying to figure out how to measure team success and find out who teams really are coming up to not just the all-star break, but trying to deal with the new balance schedule. We're really starting to see some teams and some series take shape, some exciting series to watch coming up. What do you think? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, you got all these races, they're really tightly packed, except maybe, you know, the, well, the AL East for sure with the Orioles coming up against the Rays, um, you know, all these different teams that have possibilities to make it. The Reds are playing the Braves. I mean, that's going to be a battle, especially since how the, the Reds are really coming into their own. It's just a lot of exciting baseball going on, Eric. And for me, this week is going to be a huge week for a lot of baseball teams. Yeah, for sure. But I think it'll start separating. I think the huge part is we're going to start separating. Mm -hmm. Everyone's going to start separating. And honestly, the teams that have been winning that we think are good – they just keep winning. But the other teams, like, and it, you know, the, the intriguing part is a bad division. The NL Central, I think, in the next two or three weeks is going to be really what we, need to, what we need to focus on. The Reds are just surging, and they didn't, they didn't win last night. They didn't lose either, so they're carrying that, that streak into the Braves series here. And we also have some big news to discuss when it comes to the Rays. So let's charge the mound and begin with our first topic for the day. Some interesting news about Wander Franco. This came out that he was going to be benched. And we've got some tweets here from the Tampa Bay Times. As uh, manager Cash said, Wander is a really good kid and a really good person. He's a young player that he is learning and dealing with the challenges of being a major league player and some of the frustrations that come with it. Over this season, there's been probably multiple times that the way he's handled his frustrations have not been the way that we ask our players to uphold being the best teammate. Now, he could be back as soon as Saturday. But to be benched for two games by our manager, Kevin Cash, that is significant, not just Thursday, but also Friday as well. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'll go first. I mean, I honestly think, in my opinion, there's two things. You're getting benched. Either you're not doing well right now. like, And that's what happened with DJ LeMahieu with the Yankees. Even Boone came out and said, listen, we're going to bench him for two days. He's struggling a little bit. You know, he didn't necessarily say bench him, but that's kind of inkling. But this one is a little fishy, to be honest with you, because I've seen guys get frustrated. I've, I've seen guys throw helmets. I've seen guys, you know, curse, do whatever. You know, they go underneath and do their thing. Usually a veteran guy will come up to you and be like, hey, listen, you know, we got to cut this out. There's going to be bigger problems than what it is. But to me, I think there's something else behind this. I think Cash, he said in his comments, I want to leave it at that. Uh, usually, Eric, for me, there's something else going on. Was there a fight? Was there something he said that was a little director? I'm not, I, I'm speculating, but to me, if you're going to bench a guy for two days, there's something else more to what happened, in my opinion. For sure. You never know what goes on underneath the, 
underneath the tunnel when somebody makes an out. Maybe he's down there snapping bats. Maybe he's down there a month ago, him and Randy, Arosa Reina, you know, Randy was like this and Arosa was like, you know, Wanda was like pouty face. Yeah. But that's the point of having veterans on the team too. And I don't, they don't have a ton of veterans that maybe would call a guy out like that. Kiermaier maybe did that last year before he left. Um, but it's something that there's got to be more to it. Yes, I understand his his mental health as far as, you know, Cash had kind of hit on that. He's 22, though. Like, 22. I was throwing my helmet in rookie ball. Like, he's dealing with this kind of stuff in the big leagues, and he's not hitting the way he thinks he should, even though he has a 800 OPS still in a slump, which is crazy. But I'd love to, I'd love to know more. I appreciate Cash's honesty of why he's getting benched. But I'd love to know more. Like, was there was there a fight? Was there, you know, did he blow up a locker? And guys are like, uncle. Because you get you get pissed about it after teams winning 50, you know, plus games and leading leading all of baseball and wins. And this guy's sitting here, you know, pissed off because he's 0 for 3. That's not a good look. And here, here's my other question to it, too, as well. If they were in a tighter race, are you going to bench this guy, too, as well, over mm-hmm. a little incident that happened? So there's there's a lot of compiling factors. I mean, the Orioles are right behind them, too. The guy's got a 349 on base percentage. This is a guy you need in the lineup. Uh, Layla, it's just very conf- it's very confusing to me. Uh, but, you know, there's something else behind it that we're not uncovering yet. And maybe it'll come out. Maybe it won't. But they're doing a good time right now hiding it underneath the carpet right now. I love it. I I am curious about the timing and it is against a Kansas city team who we know is 21 (laughs) and 54 on the season. So maybe you don't necessarily need him in the lineup as much as yesterday. They got the L yesterday. Well, and when cash was pressed about it, he left it at just saying, I'd like to leave it at what I said, but I think Mm -hmm. everybody who read that was going, there's more to this. Mm -hmm. So what is the rest of this story and will it make a difference? But I think that this is something that happens more and more in Major League Baseball. You talk about it's almost like the curse of early young success and having to go through this in front of everybody in front of a 24-hour news cycle. It gets magnified in a way that maybe it didn't before, especially when you two were playing. Yeah, and I I just think with all the social medias out there, with all the coverage that the media gets now, I think it's anything you do right now is going to get blown up out of proportion. This one, confusing still, but... You can't get away with anything in this world anymore when it comes to baseball news. I'm so glad. Like, one, I was never a prospect. Two, so when I got benched for not playing well, that was just my career. Three, <laughs> like, if I if I had a camera on me all the time when I was 21, 22 years old, what a bad news. Like, And I consider myself a pretty mature, like, 21, 22-year-old person, but, like, throwing equipment – I remember I threw a ball. I was 26 in AAA. I threw a ball up the tunnel because I got pissed because we gave up a hit to lose the game in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Threw a ball up the tunnel and freaking up the tunnel is a glass window like this big. It skipped, bounced. Dude, so, that, that's ugh. crazy. I did the same thing, but I threw a bat. In Louisville? Shattered the same thing, but on the other side because I played for the bats. That's fine. We got we got something in common. Yeah, we we had we were not as mature as Wander. I mean, yeah. Wander's twenty two years old. That check was a little steep for me too. My and then they, which was nice. The, the owner actually gave me the check back and said, you know, what, this is on us, which was great too. I I, I bought the guy some lunch. That's we, less than the window because yeah, I know yeah, how much yeah. the window cost. Yeah, it, it's pricey. So, but hey, everybody has their frustrations, frustrations, accountability. I'll give cash. Credit. Give him accountability for it. Let's see where this leads to. Yep. Yeah, I think you two make some great points. And you're right. They can't take any games off, no matter what the opponent is, because of that tight race in the AL East. Yep. Now let's go across the pond. This is a long-awaited series, and it's finally here. The two-game set between the Cubs and the Cardinals that takes place in London at Lenham Stadium. Cubs had two days off. The teams had some time to prepare for this one. And it was a game that was postponed because of what happened with COVID. We're taking a look at how they were able to convert London Stadium into a ballpark. Now, the time before this, the fences were closer in. They moved center field back seven feet this time to hopefully allow for fewer home runs because the Yankees-Red Sox series, I think, lasted 24 hours per game. I'm kidding, but it was a long time. (laughs) It was. 
what were your impressions of the last time we saw a series in London? And it looks like the players are having a good time. They're building in a lot of activities during that time off. What did you think when they decided to resume this? And also the process that you have to go through as players to get through this and also play a division rival. It's got to be pretty interesting. It's interesting for the Cubs. Obviously, the Cardinals are like, oh, my gosh, we feel like we're doggy paddling the whole season. But it's interesting for the Cubs because they're hot right now. And the best way to cool off a team is to send them a couple time zones away, seven or eight hour flight to a stadium that we don't know how it's going to play. They move center field back. But last time they were there, a team that struggles a little bit, you know, now you're going to a stadium where it's like, these balls are going to be flying out of the park. We don't know what we're playing. We're playing on turf. We're used to playing on grass, all this stuff. There's a lot. Like, you don't have time for fish and chips. The Cubs, they need to keep winning because if they start a downward spiral, they're going to start trading. Yeah, I, I think this is, this is good for the Cardinals. Get away from Shoot. where they've been. Get outside of America. Go out there. Maybe it kickstarts their little second-half kind of push here. But, man. They're yeah. London's team. Maybe they're London's team. Yeah, just like the Reds are, the Reds are America's team. I guess. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see what it what happens. But the Cubs, man, if you're hot, you want to keep rolling. So yeah. we'll, we'll see how the how the field plays. I thought it was pretty cool how the dirt got laid out. I think that's very fascinating for young minds to watch that. Yeah, I know the Cubs are sending Justin Steele and Marcus Stroman to the mound. Stroman had at least at the last time of his start after it concluded the National League's best ERA. But I do wonder about the Cardinals because as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, are they a team maybe saying they're not out of it? They think they've got to be buyers again, be really aggressive knowing how close that NL Central is and knowing that they could make some noise. It's got to be tempting for every team in that division. I mean, they're 10 games out. I mean, it's – they're on an uphill battle right now, but you can never count them out. Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldsmith. I mean, they have they have the hitters. It's the pitching that always makes me nervous over there. So for them, it's go time now. And if it has to start in London, it's going to have to start in London because now you're facing the Cubs, a rivalry in the same division. It's battle mode time, win at all costs for them, or it's uh, it's going to be a lost season. I hope I hope Scott's listening to this because. I'm finally off the Cardinals train. Like I was, I was there, the lineups there, but if you're constantly needing to come back because you're pitching, just can't keep the other team off the board. July becomes really long and you're already 10 games back and your lineup's like, okay, we have to do this. And anytime you're pressing the lineup, it's bad news. So this is, I think, I think the season's over. They need to think about trading some dudes. Yeah, that is a, especially after the off season they had and spending so much money getting a guy like Wilson Contreras, they're in a, they're in a real pickle to say the absolute least <laughs> I feel like. And, and as far as the Cubs are concerned, I'm still trying to figure out if they're going to be buyers or sellers at the trade deadline. When you, when you consider again, how close that division race is, just what you're supposed to do when you know that winning it could mean the playoffs. Now it is time to preview a great series this weekend. One of two successful teams when you consider what's going on with the Reds and the Braves. And we bring in MLB.com Atlanta Braves beat reporter, Mark Bowman. Mark, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. I'd say this place probably be as, as lively as it's been since, you know, Todd won the home run derby here. How many Thank, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, <laughs> yeah. now, I, now I know you and me have been best buddies for a while. Man. That's right. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, I mean, it's, it's been a little while. It's going to be fun to, to see this place lively again tonight. So, listen, and you can you can find a jersey of mine and rock it that day. I'm sure you'll get some love if you can find <laughs> it. Hey, I want to talk about how good the Braves are playing right now. Bryce Elder, man, I got to talk to you. I watched the game yesterday. He was absolutely filthy. He was calm, cool, and collective. Not many. He's, it's a name that not many people are. You know, knowing right now, but he's starting to get on the map right now. The guy is pretty much dominant all through the season, man. Talk about Bryce a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you think about it. It's a great story. He's Triple A Gwinnett's opening day starter. You know, he 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 was pitched pretty well at the end of last year. Uh, was optioned to Triple uh, A with two weeks left in big league camp this year. Um, starts down there, but he came up that I think April fifth was his first start. He really was start a part of that first term because uh, Max Freed uh, tweaked the uh, hamstring there in the opening day. So all of a sudden Bryce elders burst on the scene. Here we are a 
couple months later, 15 starts later, he's got a 2.40 ERA, second NL. And you can look at all the expected batting average and FIP and all this stuff. I don't care. It's, you know, it, yeah, there's, he, he throws 90, 89, 90, but that stuff moves. That sinker moves, the slider moves. And, and Todd, you basically said the same thing Bryce Harper did yesterday. This kid doesn't really have a heartbeat. His, his stuff is good. He believes in it and he doesn't get phased. There's guys that get on base and he get, you know, he's able to get that big ground ball whenever he needs to. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And, and I, you know, here we are about a week away from when uh, all-stars will be selected. And, and it'd be a shame if he's not a part of that group. As far as the pitching matchup, when it comes to this series, Mark, we're going to see AJ Smith Shuster, who had a decent outing his last time when he went five and two thirds, six strikeouts, one walk. What can we expect to see tonight to open up the series? We're going to get a, a feel for how, uh, you know, his major league, how ready he really is to be here at the big league level here against this lineup tonight. I mean, it's not to take away from the lineups he's faced before or the last couple outings, but, you know, to, to be in this environment, to, to face the, uh, one of the hottest lineups in the game right now. Um, two years ago, he was, he was, he was in high school. And three years ago, he was basically, you know, everyone just assumed he was going to go play football at Texas Tech, be the quarterback. And he's COVID happened. And because some of the football camps got or got canceled that year um, there in 2020, he wanted to be with his friends. So they, they were, uh, you know, still playing travel baseball. They were in Oklahoma one weekend. And the coach said, hey, do you want to you want to pitch? And he would have stepped on the mound through 93. Um, and the rest is, you know, kind of history. He became, you know, his days as a quarterback started to fade right at, at that point in time. Um, you know, made nine, ten starts for his high school the next year. He he grew up with Bobby Witt Jr. Um, you know, he's, he's always been, you know, around a, you know, he's, he, he's always been one of the, the better athletes. I guess he was known as being a, a great third baseman before he ever stepped on the mound, though. Um, but he's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see tonight. He, he was 95, 96 at AAA level. You've seen him more like 93, 94 here. The slider's okay. The curveball's okay. Um, you know, I, I think that what he needs to do is, is remain aggressive in certain counts. We see him dial it down, uh, in two, you know, falls behind 2-0 or 3-0. He's dialing down. He may get in trouble. Uh, there, if somebody, you know, is able to to jump on, you know, something, you know, say if one of those 91, 92 mile per hour fastballs, that kind of stuff. He's he's been able to stay out of trouble the first couple starts here, but but this will be a big challenge tonight. All right, so we're talking about Smith Shaver, we're talking about Elder, we're talking. We didn't even say Dot. All these rookies keep coming up to pitch for the Braves. Shocker, Braves keep producing pitching, but is it more? Is it the pitchers? Or is it the incredible catchers that they have behind the plate that are really anchoring this team and the pitching staff? Yeah, I mean, it's 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 legit. I mean, it's Travis Darno, Sal Fasano, um, and Sean Murphy now form a great group. Tyler Tyler Flowers, um, yeah, the, the intelligence that they bring, the the, the game planning, um, you know, there, there's obviously some help. Uh, you know, front office may provide some numbers, but these guys are able to break down lineups and, and game plan about as well as anybody. I, you know, Sal Fasano, I don't know if either one of you ever played with him, but I mean, just a, a very intelligent guy and, and a great benefit here. And Travis Darno has just become, you know, as invaluable a leader in this clubhouse as you could find. He, 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 you know, he's that guy that after the game, he's over there in the corner drinking, with the relievers drinking a beer with the relievers and, or, you know, talking to anybody, you know, he just, he relates to everyone and he has just, uh, where he's taken his game from, a, uh, you know, he's always been able to hit, um, you know, he, he's improved defensively, but just that preparation, I think that's, that's what we've seen where he has grown over the last few years. And he's about as good as it gets there. You said Sal Fasano. Sal Fasano was one of my teammates and then he was one of my catching coaches. Yeah. Why do you think if you're inter if you had interaction with him, why do you think he's not a manager yet? I don't know. I I've thought about that. I wondered if if like you know, did COVID kind of take him because it, it was it felt like he was at that rapid rapid rise at that point in time. Look, he here's we know that Sal was a catcher. We we know that he's 
he's got that background. And as you probably know, he went and became a, a pitching coach there with the Blue Jays. And he learned so much from a different, yeah, he knew about the art of pitching, but it, but he, when he's really focusing on it as if in that role, uh, he learned that much more uh, just the way he relates with people. Let's say this. I, I, I don't know why he's not a manager, but I would say he does. Uh, he is very deserving and we probably should push for him to, you know, when, when it comes, those names start to be, start, uh, you know, people start looking for names. He's he's one guy that we should always mention because I think he is very deserving, deserve, deserving to be a manager. No doubt about it. Now you brought up Travis Darno, who I play with with the Mets. Excellent dude. Um, just solid all around. He just goes about his business the right way. I want to bring up Sean Murphy. Uh, what have you heard about his hamstring? I know he said it was mild. He, he got in there and hit yesterday for an at-bat. Um, is there anything stopping him from now from starting to catch again? He, he's not going to catch tonight, which I was surprised. After he came out there and pinch hit last night, he, they expected him to catch today. But I guess they're going to wait to at least tomorrow. Uh, you do have night game followed by a day game. Uh, maybe that's, you know – don't want to push Travis again tomorrow. Maybe maybe this plan is all along has been, hey, just put Murphy in there and then have him have Travis come back and catch Sunday afternoon and then maybe get back to, to truly just in that, that normal schedule. But they really, even before Sean got hurt, they were kind of, they were starting to get closer to the every other day mix again. Um, you guys have, have played in Atlanta. It's not easy to, you know, catch every day in Atlanta. So they've, whether it was with uh, Kurt Suzuki and Flowers, that that mix it has worked where it's been almost a 50-50. And then maybe you get to the postseason and uh, you want to lean on one guy, that then you do it. But but throughout the summer, um, I think that, you know, we're, we're getting to that point where these two guys may go 50-50. With, with Sean, I, it, it's kind of – he tweaked it on Saturday, that the hamstring. At that point in time, you got a catcher, it's a hamstring – you're thinking, oh, he's got to go on the IL. Well, they've now gone. This is going to be the uh, fourth straight game that they've played without a backup infielder. And uh, <laughs> But you know what? It's not really a big deal when you think Charlie Culberson was here for a whole month and didn't play. They haven't used a, a backup infielder for well more than a month, somewhere back there in, uh, in May. So, But that's that's the way – that's life with a 26-man roster and a DH. You can, you can do that. The Braves don't – uh, platoon and Snit doesn't uh, pinch hit, so you can. Uh, that 26 guy just kind of gets lost. So right now, that 26 guy's Chadwick Trump, a, a backup catcher, and and we'll see what if they'll make a move once Murphy's ready to play every day and, and bring up a backup infielder. But uh, it, I'd say at some point in time this weekend, he is behind the plate. Again, we're talking to Mark Bowman from MLB.com, the Braves beat writer, and Mark. It's so easy to focus on all of the positives in this eight-game win streak that Atlanta is working with, but how do you put the lineup into context, how good it is top to bottom, and how perhaps historically good it is for this team in recent years? I mean, they've had some good lineups over the years. I think this one, just with Ronald Acuna back to being himself and, and being able to run like he does, uh, this lineup has, has power throughout. And they've already got seven guys with 10-plus homers. Um, but I, it's just one thing I noticed this week in Philadelphia, when you look at the two teams, you know, you look at, you know, Ibrahimuto and Castellanos and Harper and Schwarber, and you see all kind of power potential throughout that lineup. But what you're also seeing is a lot of stage, they're not hitting for the power that, that, that you expect, or at least not the power that the Braves are. Um, and, and when there's what you see, what they lack is that ability to take that extra base, um, the, the, you know, go first to third, that kind of stuff. And that's what you see from the Braves, you know, throughout that lineup with Ozzy, uh, Ronald Acuna, um, Michael Harris down there at the bottom. Arcia doesn't really run all that well, but, um, you know, you've got even Austin Riley runs a little bit better than that you might expect. There's some, there's some, you know, plotters in there, but, uh, there's also plenty of speed, and, and that's important right now in this game. Plotters. So you're saying slow people. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Slow people. Mark, Mark, I, you've, come on, you've come on twice now, and you've just been like, oh, the Braves, the Braves, the Braves. So they don't need to add anything at the deadline, or do they? Uh, I mean, that bullpen was a mess a couple weeks ago. And so, 
you know, I'd say that there was there was thoughts that, that but now all of a sudden AJ Minters turned things around. Joe Jimenez is pitching better, and that's really why they're they've played so better, so much better in uh, June than they did in May. Um, yeah, I mean, they, this is a very good team. I think that they could. It's going to be important to see where Max Freed is right now. It looks like maybe he could get back a little bit after the All Star break. That'd be great, so you can get a gauge of where he stands. Are you going to be able to rely on Max Freed throughout the rest of the season? Um, you know, maybe get him a start or two before that trade deadline and, and get a better feel. Uh, I think right now with, with, with Kyle Wright, you're looking at um, probably late August, you know, at, at best. Uh, he's, he's dealing with a shoulder issue. So um, I don't think you can rely on him. So I don't think they have the pieces to go out and get a top starter. Um, but at the same time, just to, it wouldn't be surprised me to if they would go out and try to find somebody just because you've got Schuster, Shaver, um, and even um, Elder to some extent. You know, they're all going to be who, who knows how effective they're going to be towards late September when they start, you know, pushing towards career highs or, you know, surpassing their career high inning totals. So you may want to get some insurance there from the starting pitching st- standpoint. Okay. Right now, I'm putting you to the test here. Give me one or two teams right now that is able to, in the National League, that is, if the playoffs started now, who's going to stop the Braves from making it to the World Series? Well, and Dodgers were here. When the Dodgers were here a couple of weeks ago, I would have said them. They, they haven't played as as well. Their, their bullpen hasn't been as good. Um, it's, it's tough, man. They're, it's, they're, tough they're, to figure, it's tough to think. I mean, are the Padres ever going to, you know, get on that roll to get in the postseason? And, and if they do, are they going to be that team? Uh, something's going right in San Francisco right now. They're doing, you know, they're, they're winning. Um, it's tough, though. I mean, I, you know, I, obviously the Phillies found a way last year. They, it, you know, that was Strider was hurt and Max Fried was sick. And the Phillies got hot and, and, and did it there in the postseason. You guys know anything can happen. But, but just looking at it, um, they, they certainly have to be heavy. The Braves have to be heavy favorites right now to win the National League. Mark, it's easy to look ahead when you consider even this series, for example, two teams, 11 straight wins, eight straight wins. I feel like the playoff feeling and at least that playoff intensity might even start as early as today for the Braves when you consider the challenges they have in their division combined with what they're seeing in a game in a series like this. What is the level of, of just not focus, but intensity, and then also trying to figure out where they are and, and maybe needing that one extra thing to make them feel better at the deadline and combining all of that in a way that, uh, that puts us all into some context. I think it's, I think it's important to remember we're still just 80 games in and I don't, you know, you hear the whole, don't get too high. Don't get too low. I, I don't think you want to start. Hey, yeah, it's fun to go to Philadelphia and, and and play against, you know, a, a team that was as hot as the Phillies were this week. And it, it certainly come to Cincinnati and do that. You know, you enjoy the moments, but I don't think you get too high. And, you know, maybe you enjoy playoff atmospheres for a day or two, but it's, I, you, you just do whatever you can to stay healthy, uh, to stay in the, in the hunt or, you know, stay in, uh, stay ahead of the pack, whatever, uh, and prepare yourself to, to be as strong as you can in, in September or you know, for the stretch run and then into October. I just don't, you know, I think if you get too excited about, say, you know, saying let's get ready, ready for the playoffs. I don't, I don't, maybe I didn't understand your question, but um, yeah, it's, it's fun to enjoy these atmospheres that, you know, when you're playing against a, a team like the Reds that are going for 12 straight wins. you know, they haven't had 12 straight wins. I've read just now since 1957, David Bell's grandfather, uh, Gus Bell was in the Reds outfield that year. So um, it's something special, you know, going on here and it's going to be fun to play here and, and just to, to get a feel for, uh, you know, where the Braves stand against another hot team. All right. Now off the field, we know you love to try different foods in the different cities that you're in. We have a poll. We have a poll that's up right now. What is better? Texas barbecue, Philly cheese steak, or the deep dish pizza? Don't you say it either. 
And I know Todd, I, I already heard it. I Todd doesn't, yeah, I know. Sorry. I like to beat this pizza. Oh, come on, oh. oh God, that's it. I'm done. I'm not asking any more questions. Deep dish pizza is like a side. You can eat a little bit of it. You oh. can't just like you can have a whole uh, cheesesteak. You like that better out of all three of those. Have you got okay? Who who had the most cheesesteaks during any series you guys were at there in Philly? Like Frenchie had like Matt Latos broke the record. No, Marcus okay. Hanna beat him. There you go. Marcus Hanna was a bullpen catcher for the Brewers. He yes, ate, he did. He ate 24 cheesesteaks in one four-game series, <laughs> and they had and we had an off day the next day, and he was sitting in his room, and at 12 o'clock, his heart started pounding, <laughs> and he started sweating. Our trainer thought he was having a heart attack. No, without a doubt. 24 cheesesteaks in a four-game series. I can't remember what the number Frenchie had for a three- or four-game series, but he he tried to stuff one, one last one as before the bus left the parking lot, just to say it counted. I forget. He's trying to – Jeff Francoeur, you know. He's I'm, trying to, no, that's, he was cheating because Marcus Handel ate the last there one you go. before the last – he took it out in his mitt – he took the cheesesteak out in his mitt the last game, and he had to eat it while the game was going on. Oh, Disgusting. Disgusting. Heart attack sentence. Hey, so you're, you're, picking, you're picking the deep dish over the other two? Yeah, I mean, I love the cheesesteak. Have you guys ever gone to the Knicks there in the market there at Reading Terminal Market there in Philly? We've been to all of them. <laughs> the Knicks is good. I like that. Uh, no, no, you got to pick. So you're picking the deep dish. It's tough. I'll take all three. I mean, yeah. But, um... <laughs> hey, but all right, so all right, you don't want to answer that. Thank you. You don't want to hurt my feelings. Let me ask you this. I'm going to give you something in Cincinnati. I'm going to give you three choices here. You can't really go wrong, except one I'm like iffy about. So if you had a chance here for, for, for like an early dinner, Jeff Ruby Steakhouse, Montgomery Inn, or Skyline Chili, where are you headed? I'm going to go Montgomery Inn. Ooh. I'm going to go with the ribs. I'm going with the steak at Jeff Ruby's. I'll get Montgomery in a day after, but I yeah. can't. You can't miss the steak. Yeah, Skyline, no, no. I would. Yeah, I, I, I hear you. Nobody now said Skyline. Now only Sean Casey would say Skyline. Yeah, oh. I don't get that. I just no. I, I went to school <laughs> in Dayton, uh, and we had a Skyline on campus, and we never, nobody ever touched it except the kids from down here from you know Moeller and all that kind of stuff. They would, no doubt, no they doubt. Appreciate it. Whatever. Either way, have fun in Cincinnati, Mark. We appreciate it. Braves hey, try, going to be ask AJ to work series. a full week every once in a while. Yeah, no <laughs> shot. We will, we will pass that on. No shot. Yeah. All right. Take it easy. Thanks, See Mark. Ya. We appreciate it. That was, again, Mark Bowman. I uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic series. Like you said, it's going to be jumping in Cincinnati. I can't wait to watch. Eric, before we go, how many cheesesteaks have you eaten in Philly or the sitting? Oh, I was always afraid I was going to play. Five, five for me. Five. I couldn't do any more. Five? Were you hurt or were you active? Active. Not a chance. One. One with it to go after the game. It is time for last minute game time. So, guys, which game would you want last minute tickets to see? Oh, I'm going to go first. Since, yeah. since, see, what you don't know, Layla, is like sometimes some people, they strong arm this. So, like, if you can go first on game time. <laughs> AJ is notorious <laughs> for being notorious. like, oh, you know which games I'm going to go to? And then he goes through like three games three. and he's you like, well, you can't one. go to all of them. Like pick he totally one. doesn't follow the rules. Pick I want to see, I'm going to drive straight down 95. Ooh. Okay. Going to Camden Yards, the place that got some of the best votes for the place where you want to watch games. And I'm going to watch the Mariners take on the O's because the Mariners just went into New York and they didn't figure it out. They escaped with one, one win out of a three-game series in New York. This is where the Orioles can absolutely squash the Mariners and make the Mariners sellers at the trade deadline. I think this is a huge series, and I love watching Logan Gilbert pitch. Gibby's awesome, too, but Gibby's just kind of oh, boring, 3-9-5 ERA. <laughs> want to see Logan Gilbert just do his thing on the mound for the Mariners. That's a good one. For me, um, I'm, I'm with you, Layla. I'm going – I'm getting on the PJ. I'm going straight to Cincinnati. Eight-game win streak, 11-game win streak. There is craziness going on there. The Queen City is going to be rocking. And it's something that, you know, if you're not – 
be there or be square. You got to be at these games right now because yeah. we don't know exactly what's going to happen to the Reds. They're in first place. We know what the Braves are going to give you. Winning two out of three in this one for the Reds. I mean, this is this is the biggest test for them this year. And I think with the crowd and uh, Ellie De La Cruz, Matty McClain, watch out, baby. It, and they got some injuries too, and they're still doing this. So good for the Reds. I, I'll be on my jet here pretty soon. I mean, they have they have put together such an impressive streak over the last 29 games. They're 21 and eight over that span. That's ridiculous. I just feel like it's going to be a fabulous atmosphere. And there are certain teams who I feel like playoffs does start now. And I, I wonder in those really, really tight division races in the East, if that is the case. This is from the great Sarah Langs. On Friday, the Reds and Braves face off, having won 11 and 8 straight games, respectively. It's the seventh time in Major League history that two teams will open a series, both entering on at least eight-game win streaks, joining. And the last Jeez. time was the Braves. They were taking on the Yankees. That was in 2021. There was a time when both the Oakland A's and the White Sox had won eight in a row. That was in 1975 when they met. And then you had to go back to 1906, 01, 1889, and 1884. Guys, I remember that St. Louis Maroons and Washington Nationals game. With <laughs> that, was, that was some pretty hot stuff. So where did, she's the best. Where does she find all this stuff? That's just Sarah amazing. Langs is, I mean, if she could have just put a random wee in there for yeah. us that would have been a perfect tweet her numbers are incredible i love seeing all of her tweets that game was phenomenal wasn't it? yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean I, I it was a real burn burner as they say no i and i also think that the astros and dodgers is super compelling just because very compelling of yes. where those two teams sit with the astros being what five and a half back of the rangers mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. dodgers trying get to get it together i know you had uh you guys had a dodgers focus yesterday on the show but to me that's that's a really compelling like Let's get weird late night baseball type of game two on the West Coast. Um, there's just so many. So I'm still laughing about the game, how good it was that, back in 1884. That game we all witnessed in 1884. Yeah. It was definitely a day game. Layla did not go to a night game back no. in 1884. It was we, we, and we never spoke of it again until this day. What's that line from Titanic? It's been 75 years, yeah. 83 years. Uh, this is a look, by the way, at the games that we have going on today. And also, what is happening? Oh, I have to share this. Uh, one of our producers, who shall remain nameless, said that A.J. Prusinski actually played in that game from 1884. Wow. <laughs> so, so that's what we have going on. How do but you do? Make sure also, I know that the Game Time app is pretty fantastic. It's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, and comedy and theater near you with killer deals and last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have gametime.co that is gametime.co you can find easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area you can also check out the seat views as you can see here what kind of seat am i getting am i going to be sitting behind a foul pole say in the section 108 at the white Sox game no game time will fix that for you so you can check it out. Redeem that code FTLive for $20 off your first purchase. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code FTLive. There it is. Terms apply. Again, create, a code, create an account and redeem that code FTLive for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And like I said, maybe you just, uh, you know... Go back in time and try to go back to 1884 if you can't if you can't go to a game tonight. <laughs> time for our baseball or viral hit of the week. I think you guys know what it's going to be. Dave Martinez, he put on a show. Dave Martinez, uh, I don't I don't quite know how to put how to put what he did against the Diamondbacks uh, into it, words. Just look at it there. It looks it looks like honestly. Uh, I forget who the umpire was, but he's looking like, hey, did you find it down there? And Davey's like, no, you got to get, like, I feel like he's like, looking, hey, did you find it? And Davey's just laying there like, bro, you're really bothering me right now. I'm trying to get some sun here. Like, leave me alone. That was, that was a great rant. It kind of felt like, you know, he wouldn't stop. He was trying to get thrown out of the game. The pitches, I, oh, man, it was just, it was hysterical. Doug, Doug, it oh, this is, this is tremendous. And he's like, he's like, yeah. It's over here in the dirt. He's like, yeah, but I dropped my contact right here. I got to pick it up. Okay. <laughs> you dropped your contact. That's what's going on. You dropped it. And that's why you can't see. Doug's like, I did? You really, you really, you really saw my contact pop yeah. out? 
my He's God. like, yeah, I'll go get you one from inside. And this is when Doug goes, oh, yeah? I don't even wear contacts. And then that's, <laughs> when, that's when Davey says, it doesn't matter if you don't wear contacts. I couldn't see from the dugout. I'm in here stepping up. Look at the other umpire coming back from behind. He's like, mm, I might oh, have man. a contact. I wish I wasn't an umpire. <laughs> like, I just, like, this is terrible. This like, we wear the same thing every day. We don't have home jerseys. We don't have anything. <laughs> but Davey's like, Davey's hot right now. Davey printed out that picture loved it. of the run, the dude running down the baseline. Davey's yep. coming out there. And I love that still photo of Davey on the ground because yeah. everybody's looking, oh, yeah, I want to do the, you know, I want to do the next catching technique. Watch out. There might be some <laughs> Twitter junkie that's out there like, everybody's doing the one knee down. Davey's going for the one thigh down <laughs> catching technique where he's getting underneath the ball. Yes. Who cares about blocking? Who cares about being a big target? Davey Martinez yesterday didn't want to see the game, so he created the newest, the newest blocking or uh, newest receiving technique. <laughs> and next um, is is the military crawl on your elbows. Is yeah, that yes. exactly. after that? Yes, you just get yes, lower yes. and lower. I do want to ask you two a question about this because as players, we know that the Nats are in a a bad way. They've lost fourteen of seventeen. They were one and six in that homestand. So. Sometimes I feel like a manager has to take one for the team. You mix it up, you go out there, you defend your players. Martinez talked about that after the game. Have you had that happen? And could you see that being a possibility in this situation? I, I absolutely, as a player, I want a manager who's going to battle for me, maybe show a little antics. I'll give you a great example. I was in high A. I, I want to say the guy's name, but I, I, I don't know if you want me telling. So my, my high A manager... Do it. <laughs> My high A manager, um, we had an argument about foul or fair, and I'm playing third base, and uh, I forget there was a big leaguer coming down rehab and hit a ball down line, and it was this far foul. Fair ball comes out. He comes pissed off. They're arguing. He's kicking dirt. He gets thrown out of a game. He gets on one knee and starts talking to this guy's ass. So the umpire is <laughs> looking. Well, listen. So if, if the umpire is looking this way like I'm – He's behind the umpire talking to that. He goes, I don't even know where your head is. He's screaming, your head's so far up your ass. He goes, hey, Mr. Ass, you blew that call. And I'm telling you right now, I've never laughed so hard on a field in my life. The, the coach, was, the manager was talking to the guy's rear end, saying that his head was so far up there that the only way to talk to him was to talk to his ass. I'm telling you, it was the funniest thing in the world, and just never forget it. And I never forget the guy. Like, I still text him this day and tell him all the time, like, best rant I've ever seen in my life. But back to being serious, I want a manager like this. I want him to show a little spirit. And for him, in the dugout, the guys are going to laugh. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, our manager's got our back. Eric, try and top that one. I can't top that. <laughs> I mean, that's – I have never heard a rant like that. That uh, is unbelievable. I wish you had the camera on me because I'm sitting here going, Marquise uh, Grissom did that? Is <laughs> that – did David Bell really no, do that? No, no. Ah, I got I got to get that name once once we're off here since Todd's not willing to blow the guy up. But yeah, the whole thing the whole thing happened. Nobody was saying that ball was a strike, but somebody chirped from the dugout. Yeah. And then Doug looked over and he said, you know, he it, it was rabbit ears by Doug Eddings and he he says you can hear him because it was a hot mic and nobody goes in Nats games. You hear him he goes he goes, "Well, you take care of your dugout." And it was like, "Whoa, like Davey's like, look, we lose a lot of games, but don't talk about my dugout. Exactly. And that's what brought him out. And he had a leash. And you could see at the beginning of it, Doug was like, I'm not throwing you out. I shouldn't have said anything about your dugout. And then it was, then he said some words on his way back. And Doug was like, well, Todd in a basketball game? We'll see. <laughs> yeah, of course. Why, why are you going to bring me up? I've never got tossed in a basketball I've gotten teed up, all right? I didn't get tossed up. <laughs> Just one tack, not two. No, so Layla, Layla, long story short here, for me, as a basketball coach, I, I told him during the winter how I got teed up a couple of times. It, it is what it is. I, I got a little temper, but. Little same, kids basketball. It is what it is. Nine-year-olds. Hey, I mean, I, I see it. I could feel like that's the case. You guys yeah, get competitive it, about, about the locks here. I feel like that could yeah. extend to any sort of young sport. And maybe you're in charge and, and maybe you want to go out there and have your teams back. You know what I mean? Yeah, no doubt. You got to. The parents really, really said, good job, coach. And that, that was nice. <laughs> According to Todd Frazier, the parents said, good job, exactly. coach. 
We want to remind you also that you can check out the Baseballer Instagram account for the best baseball content on social media. And as I understand, is this true that we we have footage? You brought it up earlier, Eric, of the of the Dave Martinez uh, picture during the post game press conference. We have this. Oh, that that footage is the post game press conference when he has. I think it was last week they were in Houston. Yeah, he had his printed out picture, and you know, and he printed it out in in full color. So this thing was like still wet, like still like drooping because it has so much <laughs> ink on it. And he's like, we got to change this rule. Obviously harking back to the world series in 19, when they got banged, when Trey Turner got, you know, called for being in fair territory, but it was actually, you had to run in foul territory, but you had to touch the base, all that stuff. And it went the opposite way. And the Nats lost another game. And I would choose to believe, yeah, the Nats aren't doing well, but based on the roster construction, Maybe the Nats are hot right now. Maybe they're getting there more wins than they right actually there. should be. Here's, Take a look at it. Right. Is that on the line? I don't think so. I'm over this play. Seriously. They need to fix the rule. If this is what the umpires see, that he's running down the line, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Fix it. We lost the game, and he had nothing to say about it because he can't make the right call. Brutal. Brutal. What was his explanation to you as no. you went out there? He said he, he saw him run down the line. So I said, we lost again because you, you made the wrong call. I guess. The mic drop, the paper drop. That was nice. That was nice. <laughs> I mean, the pictures don't lie. It didn't lie there. Nope. And he's supposed to be cleared and the umpire didn't call it. But hey, you know what? We got umpires not calling that. We got guys in replays saying everybody's blocking it. Layla, you got called for blocking the plate before you even got on the show. You didn't know it. Yep. <laughs> like... There's, there's a lot. I just, we, we talk a lot about on the show about accountability and Davey was accountable to his team right there. Umpires need to be accountable too after games. It'll just, never just, happen. Just, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Which, I, which I guess I'm, they, it would be great to interview an umpire after a man, game. I, I guess I'm sitting, I guess I'm sitting here going, you know, umpires need to be, Major League Baseball needs to be accountable. You're going to get the same, you're going to get the same response. There's just, the accountability is not there, especially, and this goes into another topic on the weeds, but when, when the, when my Rob Manfred is coming out here going, you know, laughing at fans and stuff sure. like that. But anyway, uh, I digress. They, they don't even, they don't even tell you who's in New York and making the review. Oh, right? you can figure it out. Believe me, yeah. somebody's out there figuring it out because they either left New York or they're going to New York, one of the two. Mm -hmm. So that's who, the crew that's in there. Yeah. But yeah, they always the say with replay. And I think you make a good point. Who is replay? Who's responsible for that? And I know you guys have talked about this. It's been discussed a lot, especially among players, but how much umpires are getting asked to do and how that reflects in games where the smallest call now, I feel like means more than ever and how you balance all of it and knowing what we see on camera. I think that's all difficult. and It is brought up a lot, especially this week, given all the catching calls and trying to make sense of those. And then knowing which ones apply to the infield hits versus the outfield on a throw and all of trying to figure out all of that, even, even as players, it's insane. It's uh, very confusing on some of these. I mean, balls and strikes. I understand uh, watching the Yankee game yesterday. The guy must honestly must've missed 15 calls. And it was, it was, it was, you know, the game was out of hand. I get it, but there was some bogus call. I get it. I like the human element, but at the same time, these rules need to be justified a little bit. The catching rule, I know you guys harped on that. That was something else, man. Like, how about, how about giving a detailed answer about the whole thing? I mean, I would love to hear that. Hey, we called this guy safe because before the play, his right foot, like, give something. You know what I mean? So at least we can have something to talk about because nobody knows what these rules are. What did you see? And Layla, and Layla kind of clicked, hit on it a little bit there yeah. about the whole Yankees game yesterday. Of course, Mike Ford gets – Third base. Yeah, that was like simple. it's two base. Like that took ten minutes to decide. By the way, they had to check the ruling. Ten minutes. Phil Cuzzy and who else was there? Was that that was Danny Bellino? Yeah, yeah. Like they no, were Danny's talking. Danny's the head guy. Like he bobbled the ball, but it's where the runners are when the ball is thrown. It's two bases, and they were like, uh, debit, uh, debit, uh, yeah. uh, glitch in the matrix. <laughs> it was bad. It was it was not good. And. I understand that the concept is in an outfield hit. It, I don't know if it's because partially he was facing him square in that in Heim in the Rangers game against Andrus, but also, no. also just 
the corner of the plate, like we're so taught now that if you see a pathway on the plate, that's where you're going to go. And I know all of this is implemented because of what happened to Buster Posey. It's evolved since then, as we know. But still trying to figure out the situation where the ball's landing, trying to round the base, trying to get to home plate, and then also knowing that that's instinct. It's just a lot to try to figure out. And he knows he's doing the right thing. Jaime thinks he's in the right spot at the right time. And nobody can believe what resulted. 100%. 100%. My favorite, my favorite part of the whole thing is the fact that, we one, we got to see Bruce Bochy waddle out to argue it he was so pissed he had to put on his big old bucket hat to get out there and two jonah hit a homer the next night and as he's coming around first base he's going like this to the bullpen it was it was so so subtle so catcher this dude's this dude's an all-star just for that move just for this move right here all-star too funny yeah todd did you like have you been able to talk about it in a public venue since that happened would you like to air some thoughts or did you do that already? About the catching stuff? Yeah. No, I, I haven't really been able to talk about it. I wasn't on the show, but they, they really hit on it really well about the whole situation for me, especially mm-hmm. me not being a catcher. I had an instance when they first had that rule come out, I hit a sack fly in Miami and Zach Cozar, John Carlos Stanton threw out Zach Cozar by like 10 feet. But the guy, um, Jeff uh, Mathis, Oh yeah, yeah. Jeff Mathis was catching. He was the rule was right. He was there, but Zach had two more steps to go. We reviewed it, and Redmond, the, the manager, came My out, friend. and there was a picture of him ripping his shirt off, and you could see his belly hanging out in the newspaper, and it's stuff like that where it just boggles your mind. I got the RBI though, sack fly appreciation station, appreciation station, and uh, you know they need to they just need to explain better. Football does it great. The receiver, he did not get his right foot down in time. You know, like, explain it. It takes 10 minutes to understand if a guy should go to third. Take another 10 seconds to explain the outcome of what they saw. Not just it stands or this and that. You know, explain it. That's all I ask. And I think that's fair. That's what we've all been conditioned to do. We all know that we deserve an explanation now when it comes to what's happening after a call. So that's not too much to ask. And baseball people, I mean, let's face it. We love rules. We love imaginary rules. We love knowing all the rules. We need to outrule the other person if it gets us an advantage in a game. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind that at all. Uh, There was a game that was pretty easily decided in baseball, but that was in the land of ping. How about Omaha? The road to the College World Series. This is a, a pitcher's duel of a pitcher's duel game scoreless until the 11th. Tommy tanks, Tommy Hawk, and uh, he just, he lets it fly. Two-run homer wins the game. That was exciting, man. I, I talked to Kyle Peterson about this. He was announcing, he said it was one of the best games he's ever announced. And it was just, if you like pitching, you are really, and that's what he said, that's one I'll never forget, a master class on the mound on both sides and a walk-off winner for Tommy Tanks. LSU and Wake, you put on an incredible show for the whole country to see. Couldn't have said it better myself. I didn't see the whole game, but I saw I saw a couple innings while I was watching the other two. It was phenomenal, and to have a walk-off like that, it just blew everybody's mind how cool of a game it was. LSU comes back and win two games against the best team in the nation. Now we'll see if they can keep going forward on this too as well. But, yes, college baseball is awesome. It it's, is. It is so much fun. It was. So, I mean, they couldn't have written a script better. Lauder versus Skeens. Probably, there were some people were saying it was the best – it was the best college World Series matchup since, like, 1976. You know, they tried to add some others in there, but these two guys are top ten picks, and they did not disappoint. And Tommy White, <clears throat> you know, maybe he transferred some, for some NIL money from North Carolina State, State yeah. last year as a freshman, hitting 27 bombs, but he absolutely showed out this season. That was his 100th or 99th and 100th RBI last night. And that dude, if he is not Billy Butler to a T, that is <laughs> yeah. exact. I mean, his interview after the game, he was still out of breath. And he just, he absolutely rakes. And I can't wait to watch him hitting the pros one day. Tommy White, let's take you there to LSU and the call of what exactly happened to send them to the College World Series. Come on. Come on, Tommy. Got it. Oh, 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 oh
expression He's out of his eyes. It looks like he thought he was going to hit his head on the boom oh. that was behind him. Like that was, he was, oh. he was so amped. Oh my. Peter He's Burns, up. LSU fan. You've got to love that emotion, yeah. but man, He's he was, he was into it. He's kind of got that Napoli look to him, too, uh, Tommy Tanks. You know what I mean? Short, oh, stocky and, stature. And he sits real yeah. low. Oh, he rakes. Yeah. I saw him at the Combine back in 019. Oh, 19. <laughs> this dude, oh, no, I think that was 21, maybe. I don't remember when it was. I was still playing in 19, so it couldn't have been 19. Oops. Anyway, Tommy White rakes. <laughs> that video was tremendous because, I mean, he was, he was wearing an SEC shirt, so yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay, maybe it's a announcer. Oh, wait, no, this dude is a huge LSU yeah, fan. No and the rest, I can't wait to hear. I would love to see Florida lose just because AJ is a huge Florida fan. I have no yes. I have no I have no dog in the fight, but man, do I love to see <laughs> AJ get a little pissy. <laughs> I, I think that would be great to watch. I'm going to have to stay tuned for that. I heard it's time to slap hands here in foul territory. We got to that part of the show. Yeah. Look at this. You were you weren't here for this game. You were you were in uh, you were eating before the game ended, so you weren't able to slap hands. So next time we'll get you in there. Yeah. I was probably having a cheesesteak. Or was I having deep dish pizza? You were the starting pitcher. You didn't have deep dish pizza because then your next start, you wouldn't have done well. You had a <laughs> cheesesteak and you were super excited about it. Yeah. Dream cheesesteak from Delisandro's in Philly. That would be my vote. Very good. Okay. I go Delco. I go Delco. Delco, there's two locations, one in Delaware County and another one actually down in Clearwater. So Delco makes it. It's a thin... Thin style cheesesteak. Oof, let's go. Need I that. hate when I order a cheesesteak from somewhere else and they give you a steak. That's in, terrible. In, with cheese on it. And it's like thick pieces and you're like. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, no 100%. Yeah, no. Don't, and they, and they don't say, do that. And they Please say don't Philly cheesesteak on yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're so excited, excited. and it comes out yeah, and you're no, just no, like, no, no. That's, that's my bed. That's a Chicago thing too, probably. I have never done <laughs> <laughs> they actually just put the jar of cheese whiz on top of the yeah. actual steak. That's mm -hmm. that's now I feel like the move here is like from uh, the show The Bear. They do the Italian beef here with the Jardinera. That's always super popular. Mm -hmm. Haven't seen it. Uh, I understand that you have a hat, Mr. Kratz. I always wear hats. Kratz hat. Is Kratz it time for Kratz's hats? hats? Really, I always have a different hat on from my few few stops. And it's because I've got a super bald head and everyone else on the show doesn't Ooh, have bald head. It's a fierce pig there. Is it Protect the dome. The Lehigh Valley I don't pigs, they have, you know, they might have 70 now. I don't, I think we used to have 72 home games and I think we had 63 jersey and hat combinations. So <laughs> this was one of them. I don't remember what it was, but it is absolutely fire with the iron pigs. The normal, the normal colors are like a navy and maroon. So this is orange and gray and black. This hat, I wear this hat all the time. If you see me down at the shore, yeah, I know, I know, I know. My head's, my head's all, all shiny. But if you see me down at the shore, this hat, I wear this hat all the time it's at the good shore. You because it's it. got suntan lotion still inside of it. Have, <laughs> with that head, you got to have the lotion. Oh, you need all the lotion. You need, like, my wife puts on, like, nice, like, powder lotion. Yeah, no, no. Me, no. I need full just eye black on the top exactly. of my head to keep it. Keep that and have some head. white hanging off the nose and the eyes. Oh, and absolutely. I'm not ashamed. I'm nope. not ashamed. Got hey, got to get the excellence on screen. We don't, we don't mince over here. You got to get no. the, the, the stuff as the flashback. I think the kids call that glowy now. It's not shiny. It's just glowy. You're glowy? It's a glow? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like Gloss. Like a sheen. You're protecting the dome. You're doing the right thing. We also have some birthdays to shout out, as I understand. Of course, I'm going to mention Jim Deshays first because of my proximity, so I just did. Ha, nice. ha, ha. Nice. Jorge Mateo, Mark Hendrickson, Dave Goltz, Tom Haller, and Tim Anderson. T.A., so baby. Those are the June 23 birthdays. You, um, you, you bookended it with your Chicago-ness there, but I got to take the Mark Hendrickson birthday because I hit an absolute tank off of Mark Hendrickson, who I think was drafted like five times because he played in the NBA. He yeah. went to junior college. He was 6'10". He threw like 83, and I hit an absolute nuke off him at Where? the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. 
So it's like a full circle. You bookended with Chicago. I hit a dinger off of Mark Hendrickson. Hey, let's not forget, Layla, wasn't it your birthday yesterday too? Happy. It was my birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. 21, 22. And a half. And guess what I get to do for my birthday? Oh, okay. Spell you territory. Let's go. It was, go. It, was a half, it was a half birthday. See, I think we should have birth yeah. weeks where you celebrate Ooh. all week no, because I love much. cake. No, I love cake. No. Brownies. Cake. Brownies? Tim, Tim Anderson, I just some happy birthday appreciate you bro i appreciate you dog give me a little love yeah ta right on the set I we'll feel get like him on the show here so need it that'd be great we'll let, we'll get you back on with him monday i appreciate you guys uh, right? letting monday me come out yeah. i don't know we had a good time i don't know either <laughs> i will tell you this by the way on monday and everybody who's watching to watch the first hour of foul territory you've got to be on the stadium app watchstadium.com or beyond stadiums youtube channel the second hour of the show will be right here on our youtube channel thank you for putting up with this rookie to the foul territory show guys i really do appreciate it hey anytime did. that awesome. was awesome awesome time thanks for watching spicy ball is back for betmgm sports players download the betmgm sports app on ios or android or visit betmgm.com sign up and deposit into your newly created account and place your first bet offer and receive up to one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if it loses if the bet does lose your bonus bets will be available once the wager is settled got to use that promo code spicy ball always bet responsibly gambling problem or concern call 1-800-GAMBLING